Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy. Welcome. My name is Aaron Master. I'm the pastor here. You're in for a one-hour service with a mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. As I say here every Sunday, you're in for, uh, you're in for a service that's going to help you grow and connect with God in a worshipful way. Our style, it might just be a bit different than what you're used to or different than other churches in the area, but what we want you to know is we're still true to the Bible. We take God very seriously here, and we want to guide and encourage you every time you're here. Today we're wrapping up a series that we've been calling At the Movies, and it's been kind of this fun, witty series that we've been doing, and we've been looking at some of this summer's big blockbusters, or the big movies of this summer, and we're seeing what biblical truths we can learn from them on. Uh, Summer, it just tends to be a busier time for us. Anybody busier during the summer? Anybody got like vacations or things just going on all summer long, it seems? Well, we just tend to be busier in the summer doing different summer things like watching new movies. And we try to find ways, and what we're doing is we're trying to find ways to observe and learn from some of the things we just naturally do in the summer, like movies. And we're seeing if we can allow God to speak to us and help us take next steps through them as long as we're using Scripture as our guide with it. Now, this summer, I feel like we need it though, right? We need something like that because let's be real. Whether we try to or not, we engage in so many other things and sometimes forget to spend time in Scripture or the Bible as often as we'd like. So our goal from this series is to inspire, to inspire you to look to the Bible a bit more from the movies we see and hopefully it helps you in your walk with God. Now that's what I hope happens today as we wrap up this series with our last movie. This week is one that kind of just makes me happy. It makes me smile. It makes me think of this song. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. It's okay to dance in church. Get your head bobbing a little bit. Right? <laughs> Any guesses on the movie? All right. In July, there's a new Minion movie that comes out. It's called The Rise of Gru. Uh, if you aren't familiar with the Minion movies or Despicable Me, uh, here's a little clip of the new one that's coming out. Good night. Yes, yes, yes. Good night. Good night. Oh. <laughs> Minions. There are a lot of other villains in the world, but I am going to be a super villain. This world is mine for the taking. Make me king as we move toward a new world order. You might be thinking, where's the pastor going on this one? Well, hold on and let me explain a little bit. In all of the Minion movies and the Despicable Me movies that are out there, there are these little yellow creatures who were created to help execute the plans of villains. That's what all these movies are about. But they need to be mentored and told what to do to, of course, like achieve the grand plan of the master villain, right? Well, whether you like it or not, we have more in common with these little yellow guys than we'd like because 
we were actually created for God's purposes, to be used for his pleasure and his plans. Now, luckily, we don't have a God who does stuff like this to us or anything of that sort, minion torture, but, but a God, and we don't even have a God who forces us to do things, but we have a God who actually calls us his child, is what scripture says. In First John, he calls us his children. Uh, in Psalm 37, he says uh, he will give us our heart's desires. In Second Corinthians, he says he comforts us. In uh, Jeremiah, he says he has plans for us. In Psalms, he says he will teach us and guide us in our living, giving us direction. And when we're living in alignment with God in the way he wants, life just feels in sync, right? Yet to get to that point of us living the way he wants and in his purposes, we need to be a disciple and encourage discipleship which is basically just two bigger church words of saying we need to be mentored and we need to be ready to mentor. And that's what we're going to focus on today in today's message. What does God want from us in being mentored? And how are we to be mentors to others? In the new Minion movie, uh, they have to undergo like some training to become stronger, more fierce evildoers. So they get mentored. Check out this scene of how they're mentored. My minions will save me. You like picking on little guys, huh? I am a master of Kung Fu. Ah. I will teach you. So here I go with my son. Now you. Maybe the only opportunity that I got. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. My brother-in-law is named Kevin, so I'm, I'm loving that line. <laughs> but although this is kind of cute, a bit unorthodox and evil, what we see happen, happening is mentorship is happening by someone teaching and coaching the minions, that woman in the scene, right? And along with the minions, they're placing themselves in a spot to learn, to learn from this teacher. As we sit here today, I want you to think about yourself for a second and your own mentorship. Are you allowing yourself to be mentored by God or God's ways today? How do you know, or, or where, or by what methods, or what mentors? And then, are you also mentoring others in God's ways? A mentorship, it's kind of defined as this, like it says, the guidance provided by a mentor, especially an experienced person. Now, Again, the church word for mentorship is discipleship, yet it doesn't transfer over completely as discipleship. It's actually this really kind of hard word to define, uh, but I really like how this pastor named John Piper breaks it down. Listen to this. He says this, Every Christian should be helping unbelievers become believers by showing them Christ. That is making a disciple. And every Christian should be helping other believers grow to more and more maturity. That is making a disciple. And every Christian should be seeking to get help for themselves from others to keep on growing. And that is also our discipleship. So he's saying we are all to be mentors or disciples in helping others know Jesus. He's saying we all should be mentors or disciples to other Christians to help them grow in their maturity. And then he finally says we should be seeking help from others to keep growing. So again, how are you doing that? As the pastor here, I hope I have mentored or helped you some, at least some bit to grow in your relationship with God and in your maturity as a follower of Jesus to live more and more like him. 
But although I'm, I'm discipling you or mentoring maybe some of you, I also am on my own path of being discipled and being mentored by others. From even some of you is who I'm getting discipled by. Sure, I listen to a ton of different sermons or podcasts or I read different books or reflect on scripture or act on the promptings that I feel God gives me to volunteer in different roles. But there are some people here at this church that have taught me more about caring for others just by observing of how they sacrifice their time to care for that person. Even though they had big plans, they just choose to care for that person because they just know that that's what they had to do. And I'm like, I want to learn that. I want to learn that from you. Why? Like, how are you doing that? There are some people here who are super generous, either financially or with their time, that I'm like, wow, how did you get to that point? I want to learn from you. Like, uh, what's going on in your mind? And I, I even ask people that sometimes. There are some people here who have gone through some turmoil in their life, their marriages, their finances, their parenthood, their health. And I'm like, how did you do it? Teach me. And these are people that are just here at this church alone. We are all to be mentored and embrace being a mentor as a follower of Jesus. So today, as we use scripture and a little bit of the Minion movies... I want to give you two ways to both become mentors to, or to disciple others, and then also two ways to help you continue to be a disciple and seek mentorship from others. The scripture we're going to look at today is essentially the entire book of 2 Timothy. Uh, after this message, I hope it inspires you to read through 2 Timothy. It's only four chapters long. It'll take you like 15 minutes, but I hope that inspires you to get in the, into God's word from this message. You can do it. But the interaction uh, that we see in 2 Timothy is between Timothy and his mentor, Paul. What's happening in 2 Timothy is Paul, he's this big writer of the Bible and the writer of 2 Timothy as well. He's encouraging Timothy to continue on with faith and continue to teach and mentor others even amidst opposition or neglect from some of his followers. At that time, Timothy, he's this new, younger pastor, and and things have been going well for him for a while. But Paul wants him to keep the course, and he shows him being mentored is important to all people. Whether you're winning in life or you're losing, you need to be mentored, is what he's saying. And it's super interesting, uh, this whole letter that Paul writes him. It's interesting because Paul's writing it while he's in prison for sharing about Jesus, for doing what Timothy's doing. And he's writing 2 Timothy, and what he does is he writes this to Timothy. We're going to kind of go through a little bit of the book. It says this in chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Isn't that powerful to hear? Like how the women of Timothy's life were the ones that mentored him to get to where he's at at this point. Who is that person for you? Who is that person? If we keep going, Paul then says this in verses 13 to 14, Hold on to the pattern of the wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Now, he's not saying like guarded as in like protected, don't tell people, be private about it. But he's saying hold on to the truth. 
Keep it vibrant in your life. Keep learning from it and don't waver from it. And then a bit later, Paul says this in in chapter 2. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now you teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. He's saying, be mentored by me, then go mentor others so that they can become mentors. Yet Paul knows all too well He knows all too well this is just not an easy thing to do. It's not a walk in the park, so Paul gives Timothy a little advice. A little advice on how to deal with opposition or or people that are maybe fading from the faith and they're just not as interested. And he tells them all about how to do this in chapter 3. But essentially what he tells them is focus on what you can control. You can't control what other people are going to do, but focus on you. Focus on your living, your conduct, your voice. So he reminds him to stay pure. He says this in verse 21. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Paul wraps up this whole letter, this whole book of Timothy, by saying, although this isn't good news, Hardships are coming for you, but hang in there. This is what he says at the end of But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has, for, has given you. In this whole letter, Timothy is being mentored by Paul, and Paul's encouraging him to mentor others. To summarize, I think, this book in one sentence, I hear Paul basically saying to Timothy, be mentored to be a mentor. Be mentored and be a mentor. If that statement was directed to you today, would you say you are being mentored? Like Timothy. Today, being mentored by Jesus or God's words or God's ways or someone teaching them. And then also, are you mentoring others the way Paul instructs Timothy as well? If you aren't quite sure, I think we have a question that is probably common amongst a lot of us. What are some ways we can specifically align ourselves to what Scripture says when it comes to mentoring and mentoring others? Using the Scripture from 2 Timothy, I want to give you two ways to both become a mentor and two ways to make sure that you are allowing yourself to be mentored. Now, you might be thinking, Aaron... I'm not thinking, Timothy, I don't need this, or I'm not a pastor. Yet if you're a Christian, or someone who maybe just feels this tug to do something for God, there's no such thing as like a second stage Christian or the next level Christian. We, as if you're a follower of God, we are all both to be mentored and to mentor the ways of God. So let's get to it. We're going to talk about two things that we can see from 2 Timothy on being mentored or making sure that we are allowing ourselves to to be mentored first. And the two things are this. Be hungry and put in the work. Be hungry and put in the work. Check out how the minions kind of handle this a little bit. Hello. Peanuts? Oh, yes, please.
Philistines are a little evil and how they approach like hunger and not putting work in. But I know this is a silly scene, but now that I have your attention, when it comes to hunger, the first thing we can see in being mentored by God's ways is to be hungry. Timothy, he was a Christian, a follower of God, but he was open to more. He was hungry for more of God. I mean, he's listening to Paul's teaching, which is telling him about suffering. Timothy wants more than the basics of faith. He's hungry for more. He wants more than just a little. His faith isn't like this fire that you start and then you neglect for a while, but it's one where he sees that he wants more and he's fanning the flames. He's getting it bigger. We see that this is actually what Paul tells him to do in 2 Timothy 1.6. This is why I remind you to fan into the flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Does anybody remember like what this thing is? Does anybody know what it's called actually? It's called the fan thing that you squeeze in people's faces, right? Who's done it before? Everyone's done it. If you've seen one of these, this is like what grandparents have at their house. You take this out and you're... You sneak up on the relative, and you're like you're spraying fan, you're spraying air in their face. That's pretty much what I did, at least. And that's what a couple of people said in the first service. Well, it's actually the job is to bring air to a fire. Now I'm no Boy Scout, but I believe the three things for a fire are spark, fuel, and oxygen. So this thing with fuel and spark already present, the air gets it stronger. It gets it more fierce. And that's kind of what Paul is saying. Inquire with more time and effort to get stronger. And we see Timothy, he's hungry for more. More growth, more action, more teaching, more God. Do you have a hunger like that when it comes to your faith? Think about like maybe one of the hobbies or things that you just like love doing or you've been super passionate about in, in the past or maybe you're still passionate about today. You most likely had a hunger for it when you first discovered it, and you pursued it more. I'm personally, I'm a hobbyist, as in I love to just try like everything. Anything active or weird or a unique sport, I'm all about doing. I'm interested and I'm hungry for more information. I look into it more, and then I like try to figure out like why I should do it, and then I figure out like what do I need to buy to do it, and basically that's what my wife says that like all I do is just buy the stuff. I inquire what I need to buy. Maybe she's right. But name a sport, I've probably done it or tried it. Fishing, hunting, golfing, tennis, pickleball, racquetball, windsurfing, wakeboarding, camping, hiking, paddleboarding, biking, cross-country skiing. Like, I just, I love doing it all. When I find a hobby I like, I get hungry for more of it. So I seek out information, try to be around others who know a lot about it or do it well, and I listen intently. Hunger is what drives individuals to grow. Do you have a hunger for God? Are you fanning the flames of your faith? As you think about you, you might be feeling like you're just not close to God right now. Maybe that's how you're feeling right now. You're, you're just not close to God. You don't feel that, that closeness. And it might be honestly because you aren't hungry for his presence. You're just not hungry for his presence. You're not hungry for his ways or for his teaching. You maybe had it at one point, you started the fire, you had it at one point, but it's dwindling, it's lost, it's, it's just kind of there. Honestly, I get it. If that's you, I get it. I mean, that's a big part of like, why I struggled in my faith growing up, is I thought Christianity stuff was just like so matter-of-fact, is kind of how I saw it from afar. 
There's nothing to discover. There's nothing to be hungry for. You just did a few things. You accepted Jesus. You go to church. You follow the Bible. You pray. Done. You're a Christian. Nothing new to discover. And honestly, that's kind of part of why I didn't really believe it fully. Especially when I felt there were just things that didn't line up in the Bible. That's kind of how I felt about it. Or when people would say, like, Christian, being a Christian is just about, like, just, just believe in God and you're good. You're good. You're, you're a Christian. Really? That didn't seem right to me. And I sat in that situation for a while, and my faith flame dwindled. Fortunately, my doubts and my curiosity for more created a hunger. It created a hunger, hunger for understanding, seeking for answers, reconciling conflicts amongst like, whatever I was dealing with internally. And my hunger, it allowed me to be mentored. Sure, I had some like, good mentors and some bad mentors, in that time period, but I was hungry and open to different people's thoughts, and it led me to where I'm at today. For you, for you personally, if you can, if you can stir up a hunger for God, you are going to see there are tons of mentors out there for you, and it will help you fan your faith. Where are you hungry for God? in your understanding of the Bible, and salvation, and forgiveness, and figuring out the Old Testament, or living out the things God wants, or maybe you're in trying to figure out how to do some of the hard actions that you feel prompted to do, like serving the poor, or caring for the sick, or attending to the ostracized, whoever it is for you. Maybe it's evangelism for you, like you just feel like you need to do that, and you're hungry about it, but you just need to embrace it. Wherever you maybe struggle with faith, it might be where your hunger is for more information. And you maybe just need to find the right mentor to guide you there. Timothy, he's hungry for more, more growth, more action, for more God. And in response to his hunger, he's willing to do the next and second thing I think we can see in 2 Timothy, which is he's willing to put the work in based off of what he sees and learns from his mentor. He puts the work in. Timothy, he listens to Paul, and Paul is telling him to do things. We see Paul says this in 2 Timothy. These are some of how those verses start. Endure, grow, teach, fight opposition, remain pure, live out faith. If you're being mentored, it's great to see and reflect on things, but if you don't internally or externally respond to what you see and learn, it does nothing. Maturity and growth come from you putting in the work. You can have the best mentor in the world, but if you don't actually apply it, it does nothing. So uh, my wife and I, were expecting a new little one kind of like any day now. And my wife has been pulling out a lot of our, like, our past baby things because we have a, a two-year-old. So she's pulling it all out, getting it all out. And I stumbled upon this thing, and I'm curious if you know what this is. But she pulled this out. Any guesses? Whoa, you guys, know, you guys know a lot about things. Awesome, all right. So my wife has this pump. Anybody know what this is used for? Yeah, all right, you already said that. Um, now, I know this is kind of strange to have on stage. I warned you in this week's email, so if you don't get that and you want warnings in the future, make sure you sign up for our email. But this is kind of strange to have on stage, but you've got to hang in with, it, with me for a little bit because it's going to get a little weirder because I'm going to show you how it works. Um, so you, you have the pump, and you kind of like, Hook it up, something like that. You hit a button, and then, boom, milk. Right? This is kind of what happens. Now, I know it's a little strange. People ask me, have, you ever, have I ever used it? No, 
not a chance. That thing looks painful, right? Like, but it literally is the method my wife prefers to use to feed our babies. It's like no work for a baby. They literally get fed by, because this turns into a bottle, you just change the cap, and it's as little sucking as possible for the child. My wife, she's this amazing mom. She's caring and she's mentoring our children to get stronger through how she feeds them. And as they grow, hopefully they do more work on their own with their eating and drinking, at least before they're a teen, than taking a bottle. Now I know this is a bit strange to have a, a pump on stage for me to show you how to use it and things of that sort. But I want to ask you kind of a weird but also very serious question. Are you doing that from me, from your Sundays. I know it's strange, but on Sundays, during the message time, I intentionally give you different types of food to help you grow no matter where you're at in your walk with God. I give pumped milk, light stuff, along with solid food or hard stuff. In my mind, I think like steaks. But if you've been here for a while at church, maybe you've been a Christian for a while and are still just taking the milk that I offer on Sundays, the fun, the silly story I share about needing forgiveness personally or the story of me trying to be honorable to God but failing, if that's all you're taking and nothing more on Sunday, basically just being mentored through my flaws, you might feel like that's enough to take for your week as you're trying to grow as a Christian, you, to get a little milk from me, your little bit of Jesus on Sunday each week, and then go about your day. But that is not enough for spiritual growth. Scripture talks about this. It says this in Hebrews 5.11 is where it starts. It says, there's much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. On Sundays here, my goal is to both serve milk as it's, it's easy. It's easy to understand. It helps create this commonplace for all of us, all maturities in faith. It helps a new believer. But you should also be hearing me share or give you solid food on Sundays too. As you mature, are you starting to take the solid food? Solid food for some of you on Sundays during the message time might mean you doing more studying of Scripture at home on the stuff we talk about here today. It maybe it is what just starts it for you. Maybe for you it might mean actually doing what's prompted of you, when, what you hear on stage here, of prompted of you to actually change at work or at home or at school or out in the public. Maybe it might mean addressing that thing you just feel convicted of, you just feel is not right, you feel convicted of it by God, and you actually need to address it. Maybe for you it means stopping that fun, that fun that's causing destruction in your life. Maybe it means sacrificing personally in some capacity for you. You get solid food here, but what work do you need to put in to continue to mature and to live out your faith that you are getting from here on Sunday? Or even what maybe you get from another mentor somewhere else. Reading more, observe, people watch, study, ask questions, look things up, try things out for yourself, humble yourself, actually act on the prompting that's given here 
Live your faith out. Honestly, one of the things that, that crushes me about people who don't stick at this church is they'll say it's not deep enough for them. It's not deep enough. Honestly, what I think people are really trying to say to me is, Aaron, I'm sick of you pushing me to eat solid food on my own. I want you just to bottle feed me with more information. Just keep bottle feeding me. Just keep pumping, Aaron. Just keep pumping. You give me more milk. You just give me more milk. Let's be real. No child wants to trade breast milk for solid food, right? Solid food is deep. And what is deep is your action. It's people living changed lives from, from putting the work in that they've been prompted to do. Giving, serving, starting a new ministry, leading, sacrificing, getting uncomfortable, knowing more knowledge and getting extra teaching. It can be super helpful. It can be great. But deep is action. It's life change. Now, I do want to just clarify before we move on a little bit here. Salvation, forgiveness, eternal life, it's a free gift from God. No work is necessary for it. But as your pastor or, or hopefully one of your mentors, I hope you mature. And in order for you to mature, you're going to need to be challenged and pushed to change to eat solid food. Now, for our remaining time, I want to switch gears a little bit. I'm becoming a mentor. I'm becoming someone who helps coach, lead, guides others, models to others. You might think that's not you, but it's the call of every follower of Jesus. In Matthew 28, 19, it says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Again, there's no next level Christian, right? There's not like this like, oh, I made it to the next level. There's no next level Christian. We are all called to the same living by God. We are all called to make disciples or mentor others. This is a call that's hard to embrace. But if we look to our Minion movie, even, even villains in the Minion movie, they're all about embracing mentorship. Shouldn't you? Check out this scene of how he kind of shares what's going on in his life. It is the biggest day of my life! This kid just stole something from the worst villain in the world! Time to strike! Now I will be a super villain! They love and are so excited to share what they've done, their evil, their training, and just like talk about it. As a Christian, what do you love to pass on? Instead of learning from Minions, Paul, he's pretty clear on both how he's acting as a mentor and then also what he tells Timothy to do. And I think there's two things that I can't help but notice in 2 Timothy uh, of what Scripture alludes to us needing to do to make sure that we are mentoring others. The two things are practice what you preach and start mentoring somewhere. To start, Paul is, is first practicing what he preaches in 2 Timothy because Paul's in prison when he's writing this. He's mentoring Timothy to keep going, even though you might go to prison, while he's in prison, right? 2 Timothy 1.8, it says this, So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. That's preaching what you practice. It's also consistency, right? When I personally, when I look for mentors and whatever it is, like all different things of life, when I look for mentors, I look for people who practice what they preach consistently. For anything I want to learn from, consistency is what I'll choose over many other things. I want to learn from the person, like someone, I'm, I'm interested in hunting. 
I want to learn from the person who has consistently shot deer. I want to learn from the person who has consistently worked out their entire life and they've seen results. I want to learn from the person who has consistently prioritized their family and things are going well for them. I want to learn from the person who consistently has maybe acquired wealth or done well financially in a manner that's honorable, but it's worked for them. The person that's into the new craze or the new hobby, we all know them. We've all been them before. They just aren't my first options for a mentor, though. Again, I shared about me being all about trying new, unique sports. If you want to learn a new, a new unique sport, I'm not your mentor, right? I'm probably not your guy. Again, I do things for a little while. I buy all the stuff, and then I switch things up. I'm not a gold mentor for those type of things. But with faith, with faith, I've been on a journey of following Jesus for, seriously, for about 15 years. There's consistency there. And I hope you can see it. I hope you can see I, I practice what I talk about on stage. As you think about you, what are you consistently practicing what you preach? Our actions sometimes are the only thing people tend to see. There's this famous quote, you probably heard it before, but it's, our lives may be the only Bible people read. It's true. Do your actions mentor others? Which leads to our last thing, which is, uh, and this one might feel a little counter to the first point, but in becoming a mentor, you might not have consistency then. You might not have consistency or a lot of practice in your preaching uh, when it comes to when you're just starting somewhere, but you gotta start somewhere. You gotta start mentoring somewhere. You gotta start at least someplace, right? You might be new, you might feel unequipped, you might not even have consistency yet. But do something. You don't have to hide your newness or, or lack of consistency or, or where you're at with things. Just have humility and say, I'm new to this. But do something. Mentor somehow. Timothy, he was this young pastor in Ephesus. He didn't have the same consistency that Paul did, but he had something. And that something grew his church and it brought people in a relationship with Jesus. Where do you feel called to mentor Maybe you have no experience, no consistency, but you feel you should do something. Like maybe it's serving in the church. Maybe you just serve once a month here. Maybe it's you're, you're sharing your faith somewhere. Maybe it's teaching children out and about in the community. Maybe it's coaching. God places people and opportunities in our lives whom we are to mentor and disciple. Where and with whom are your people? In the Minion movie, the mentoring, it's all about evil. It's all about evil and doing acts that are cute, right? It's like a cute movie. Hopefully you're like, excited maybe to see it. But they're not beneficial. Like What they're doing is not beneficial to others around them. Your mentorship is about growth. Your mentorship is about helping, about life change for a positive reason. You are here on earth for God's purposes and pleasures. That should be significantly more motivating to both embrace being mentored and to mentor others. As I'm getting close to wrapping up here, I want to ask you, what's your takeaway today? What's your takeaway? What's the thing that you need to do to make sure that you are in a place to be mentored? For you, is it you need to be hungry? You got to get your, your hunger back. You need to find the hunger within you. Like when you think faith is boring, you need to fan it more. You need to bring that flame up. Maybe you, you, it, things just don't make sense to you about something. Seek direction. Seek that hunger. Embrace it. When you're not sure, look for more. Maybe, maybe for you, it's you need to just put the work in. Maybe you, you get prompted to do a lot, 
whether through God, through church, through another mentor or people around you, but put the work in. Serve, grow, read, develop, act, sacrifice, give. Don't just take the milk. Take the solid food too. And then, what do you need to do to make sure that you are in a place to mentor? For you, is it practicing what you preach? As in actually doing what you say consistently? Or for you, maybe, maybe you just need to start somewhere. You need to start somewhere today. Start by embracing the call to do something for God. What's that something for you? I'm going to pray for us in a second to act on one of these this week. But I'm also going to pray, because I feel there's maybe a few people in this room today that you've maybe never accepted Jesus. Jesus as someone that, who both forgives you, gives you purpose, mentors you, wants to mentor you. If that's you and today's message is hitting home for you, know that there is a God that wants to mentor you, that wants to guide you through life. Know that, that he forgives you. Know that he's taken the consequences for you. You just need to embrace that with him. You need to tell him that you want, his, you want the life that he offers and you want him to guide you in your life. And in that, you can then have a life full of purpose for God. If you want that, you can pray with me in a second and ask for God to mentor you and guide you in your life. And you're a Christian. But also, for us that are looking for mentorship or want to be a member, or mentor, I'm also going to pray that we act on one of those things we talked about today. If you want one of those things, you can pray with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, just giving us a clear example of how to both mentor and then also to embrace mentorship or be mentored. God, I just pray that you have us be mentored in a, a, a way that's honorable to you. Help us look for that person that maybe is guiding us, look around us, that can help us uh, do the things you want us to do. And then, God, I just pray that you have us be a mentor to others. Help us find that consistency so that we can mentor others out and about. And God, some of us right now are saying we want to follow you. We want you to mentor us and guide us. Help us uh, just hear what it is that you want from us. But God, we, we trust you. We know that you've forgiven us and, and that have embraced us as your child. So God, we want to follow you and we just pray that you make yourself evident to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.